Good morning, everyone. Good morning, good morning, and welcome back. Welcome back to the Porsche Good Podcast, the podcast where we chat about, talk about all things Porsche. Um, Sydney, Sydney time, Sydney morning. It's Tuesday here. We're recording this. This is Friday's episode, a few days earlier. Um, and Steve is here. Once again, you're going to go, Steve must be sitting across from you since you guys are both in Sydney. We don't live that close to each other, but we kind of live close enough if it's not in traffic. Um, but we're doing close it from home do again. It. What was that, Steve? Yeah. It's close enough to do it. I've it got is no close. problem with it. It's just um, we have to coordinate, that's all. We do need to coordinate, and <clears throat> I'm going to say that's my fault because I'm not really um, coordinated at the moment. Um, as you'll find out when I start talking about my effing leather installation um, dilemmas that I've been having, which Steve thinks, <laughs> yeah. what is wrong with you? It's so simple. How can you How can you make such a simple thing so complicated? This is why I didn't want to film it, and this is why I didn't film it. And I know people have been saying, film the installation. No, because it's hard enough me actually doing these things um, than let alone trying to film it. Steve, good morning. What's been happening? All I can say, mate, is good morning. Um, but all I can say is that you're not stupid enough to stick a butter knife through it, so... <laughs> It can't be worse than that. James, are you there? <laughs> did did uh, I really just call him stupid? <laughs> okay. I'm not going to add to that. I'm not going to add to that. Um, all right. So we're back. We're in Sydney. This is a Porsche Cool podcast. Um, if you haven't been here before, welcome. Uh, my name is Michael Bath and Steve is on the other end. I just want to go back to last week's episode. I had a lot of, and I, I was about to tell you this, Steve, before we went on. I had a lot of um, people message me last week about how they really enjoyed last week's episode. Um, really? And as you know, I was freaking out about last week's episode because the sound was terrible. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, as you know, our apartment, it has, you know, tiled floors and it's an open yeah. space. So I was worried that the, the sound was terrible because of the fact that, um, because of the space, right? Yeah. And I just realized this morning, because I can't leave my microphone set up all the time here like I do in London due to the lack of space... I realized when I was putting it together, I usually see the little blue light on the road microphone. Mm -hmm. I had my microphone around the wrong way. Hence why I couldn't get the levels at the right level, Steve, and hence why I sounded like I was in another room. So Yeah, that's... and it sounds heaps better even on this end. <laughs> I just thought it was because of all the hard surfaces. And um, even though I'm looking at you because we're doing like a video sort of Zoom call, um, I couldn't see the little blue light last time. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm an idiot, and I was probably because I was still a bit jet lagged. And I have to say, I, you know, it's hit us pretty hard. Where we're still, I think we're just come out of it. I'm not this, surprised. This last night I went to bed at ten thirty, and I woke up at seven thirty this morning or seven o'clock this morning. So that's pretty good. The other mornings I was waking up at four. Um, so I think it's it's gone now, which is great. Out of practice, mate. That's for sure. I woke. I went to bed at ten to ten to eight last night. How's that? Ten to eight. <laughs> yep. That's why you wake Tim up at three in the morning. I was just so knackered. Um, we went for a drive, as you know, on Sunday, and it just kind of um, completely took it out of me. So um, yeah. So everyone's just, listening and going, "How was the drive, Michael?" Tell tell them, Steve, what happened. You didn't go. <laughs> oh, it rained though. It did rain. Like um, so I wasn't. I knew that. Um, I knew that you'd be kind of fifty-fifty, and I was saying to Marco that I wasn't expecting that you. Um, necessarily would kind of come along because you had a freshly painted bumper and a new <laughs> minted car and all of this sort of stuff. So I, 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 I semi-expected that you um, probably kind of wouldn't come. It's just that Marco and I, the last few months, like particularly since lockdown ended, 
um, trying to find a time that we can both do it, then coordinating it against mainly the weather, which has generally been pretty crap in Sydney. Um, we kind of knew that like we're both on the same page in terms of if it's not physically raining and the forecast kind of only shows light rain, if the roads are damp but not sort of soaked, then we'll go. Um, and we kind of call it the morning of, so that's all we did. Yeah, and I think I wasn't climatized to that. Um yeah, and yeah, I did, yeah. and I did cool. sleep in. I was a bit late because you said meet at six o'clock at, yep. at Barawa. Barawa. Yep. <coughs> Can't yep. speak this morning. Um, and I didn't wake up till like five thirty. I think when I messaged yep. you, I think it was five thirty. And I thought oh, I'm not going to make it there in that time now. And then it was kind of looked like yep. it was drizzling here. And I thought, you know, I had uh, hi Pierre. I had Pierre and Atlas in the back of my head saying, you know, be careful with your bumper because you can't get PPF for four weeks. And and mm-hmm. um, you know, when he had his car redone, he took it out and he got all stone chipped straight away and he should have PPF'd it. And, you know, so I was worried about the bumper. You know what I mean? And it's like when you get something new, it's like when you buy a new car. <clears throat> and you've bought a new car before, Steve, a few times, and so have I. No, I haven't actually. Have I ever driven yes, you a have? Car? Yeah, one. S3. S3. Was it? What about the, S- the Subaru? Oh, the R6. The R6. Yeah, Subaru. What about okay, the BMW? Yeah. No. <laughs> no? No? Yeah, so... you. Know, you know what it's like. It's like when you get a new car or you get a new iPhone or whatever, you get like very precious about it. And then I had a bit of a paranoia attack on Saturday after damaging my wheel, which some people know about already, but I'll get into mm. that a bit later. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I just, I don't know. It was just one of those mornings where it just, you know, when you just think something bad's going to happen. I kind of <laughs> felt like something yep. bad was going to happen. Um, as much as I wanted to go for a drive. And uh, I did go for a bit of a drive yesterday, though. Mm, how was I it? I might get into that. It was good, actually. Um, we just went mm. over to, well, the plan was because I had, you know, the plan was to go to Hakuna Bay, but I was a bit of a tight yep. ass, so I didn't want to pay the $12 to go all the way, so I didn't go all the way. Um, yep. But Hakuna Bay is just on the north side here in Sydney, people who know it, just off, uh, what is that, Monovale Road or whatever it's called? I don't know what it's called. Yeah, I want to do it too. I've not done it's, it. I know. It's quite twisty. Mentioned it? Yeah. yeah. Jeff mentioned, Jeff does it and he enjoys it. And we were going to go down there and go to the cafe. I think there's a cafe down there called The Shed or something. Yeah, so, you know, you had to pay $12. I didn't go all the way, Steve. Um, yep. I have been there before on that road. Uh, I have been there. I used to ride my motorcycle on that road, actually. That's the, one of the, oh, road, one of the okay. trips. Yeah, that's one of the trips I used to do on the bike, um, which was quite right. challenging, actually, because there's a couple of tight hairpins at the end and, and whatever. But um, on a, in a car, that's the first time I've been down there in a car. The road's quite narrow. It's a lot narrower than I remember. Um, Is this a Cars r- Road? Uh, I think so, yeah. Yeah. Okay, yep. And I've it's looked a lot, on it. It's behind the nurseries there where you cut off the Motorvale Road and you go around the back. Um, it's a good road. It's, it's twisty. It's not a road. And I, I, I agree with what Jeff said. It wasn't a road where you go super fast, but it's quite yep. nice. You know what I mean? I mean, yep. not super yep. fast as in 100, maybe doing 70. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, yep. <clears throat> but it was good. It was good just to take... I hadn't really driven the car properly. I picked the car up. Let me just do a quick recap, actually. I picked the car up on Friday. Uh, Friday in Sydney, as Steve's been saying, Friday, the weather in Sydney has been just, just atrocious. You know, honestly, yep. it's just awful. Um, Friday, it was pissing down with rain, as we say in Australia. Um, and yep. I had to get out to our time. And my car didn't end up being ready to five in the afternoon. But mm-hmm. thanks to, um, you know, Orderhouse, Steve, and thanks to uh, Pierre at Atlas and Chris at Orderhouse, they got everything done in four days, which is, it, which is quite a feat because there was a lot of stuff to do in my car. Yeah, I thought for sure it was going to take heaps longer than that. Yeah, and Marco good. said the same to me, I think. Marco said the same yeah. on DM. But they really, they really, you know, looked after me and I really do appreciate it. I know that Pierre is listening to this and I, I just want to say thank you again because it really was. And, and if you're in Sydney, like I said, Pierre at uh, 
Atlas Body Work, Atlas Body in Ataman. Um, really good. Had a chat with Pierre um, when I picked the car up. There was a beautiful X eighty eight. 964 there, very, very rare car. People will know that car as in that's the car that on collecting cars that Jensen Button just sold. He had one, Steve, which was owned mm-hmm. by the Sultan of Brunei. Um, someone in Sydney right. has one and there was one in uh, Pierre's workshop, a blue one. Absolutely beautiful. When you stand next to it, like you should go out there and show your car to Pierre and hopefully that car's still there because it really is fantastic. It really, really well, is fantastic. I think it's been trumped. I saw on um, his Instagram uh yesterday that there's a tdf in there it's like holy shit <laughs> he has he had a i'm not going to say everything that was in there because i'm not sure how private yeah. it is but there was a lot of yeah. nice cars in his um his workshop and sure. so that was good good to meet pierre and matthew um and that was that um so i picked the car up drove back here to the city where i live <laughs> terrible weather peak hour <laughs> Pouring mm. down with rain, Steve. You know, not How really long enjoying did that it. Drive take you? I like don't know. Th- yeah, forty minutes is only thirty-five yeah. minutes or something from our time. And getting getting on the bridge at about five o'clock on a Friday is pretty much the worst time to cross. Yes, to cross the bridge. So, so then I didn't really get a proper feel. That was Friday, and people were saying, "Why didn't yep. you go out on Saturday?" Saturday was raining. Um, so Saturday, I thought I'd start tackling some of the things in the car, I think. And we, we have things to do at home as well. So I think it was Saturday mm. or maybe it was Sunday. Um, mm. And I'm not sure what I said last week, but I put the back the rear backstops on. I think that was before last week's episode. Um, yep, I did the visors. I think that was done. So then I just decided to do the inner door sills. Yep. And of course, I got my um, Mac Carbon information sheet that you sent me and I watched the video. Yep. All look yep. very simple, except for that effing Allen key. Um, <clears throat> and I think you might have. I think you might have been right. The thing is... If you are doing, and I did the passenger side and was like, oh, this is so easy. Steve was right, you know. Yeah. I might have been swearing yeah. at you afterwards, Steve, about this. Um, but the, <laughs> the passenger side had the one torque screw, which you undo. It's easy, simple. Idiot can do it. Even mm-hmm. someone like me, you know, that doesn't really do installations. Then I go to the driver's side, take the two plastic caps off, and inside the plastic yep. caps is an Allen key, which you have to somehow find, which is deep, deep into the hole. Um, first I didn't have one that was long enough. I came upstairs and got an old Ikea one that looked like it was five millimeters, you know, and then I had another one which looked like it was a bit bigger. So I tried those. They didn't work. I Mm. couldn't use my little tool set from uh, Costco because that didn't have a long enough arm and it didn't fit. Yep. So I thought, okay, I'll go out to Bunnings. I'll get the proper five millimeter Allen key. Of course I go out there. They have nothing except for the, you know, a really expensive one. So I just buy it anyway. I don't care. Like a whole pack of now I've got like 40 Allen keys that I don't need. Oh, really? Yeah. You should have told me you were going to do that because um, the $2 <laughs> shop around the corner, you know, on, um, I won't say the street, so I won't locate you, but um, that local $2 shop, really? you'll buy, you can buy like <sighs> an Allen key set there for like about $2.50. <laughs> so anyway, Saturday, I went down there at 10 in the morning. This is about two in the afternoon. I'd gone downstairs and upstairs multiple times to do my car and left yep. it. Yep. First, I tried, so then I did the sill, couldn't do that. So then I tried to do the sunroof surround, the leather sunroof surround, which has the light. Now, that that looked pretty easy, right? There's two caps. You pull the caps off. You take the screws out. Easy, Steve. You know, unscrew it. Phillips head, not torque. So you get to have Phillips head for that. And then you pull it down. That looks a bit more complicated, though, because you've got to take the original switches and bits and swap it over, right? Well, I'll get back to the switches and the door sill in a second. So, And then the the sunroof surround. So I tried that thinking that's going to be easier. Pull out the sunroof plug. Easy, comes out straight away, the sunroof connector. The effing light switch 
for the light, yep. the power. And I went online after this and p- other people have had the same issue where some people have just broken it off or something. I don't know. I can't right. get it out. It's one of these plugs that goes in and it looks like it has a little hole that you push something in. I'm pushing a screwdriver yep. and trying to pull it. I go into the workshop manual that I have. I come back upstairs. It says push it yep. and pull it. Went down again, tried it. Just couldn't do it without the risk of breaking it. So I left yep. that. So that was yep. annoying. So they went back to the sill. I still couldn't do the seal with the Allen keys. So then when I bought the Allen keys, like I said, um, mm-hmm. and then uh, in my favorite car park in the world, Bunnings, which I usually have a certain way that I go in and out of Bunnings in uh, Alexandria. I think it's Alexandria. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or the one near the, yeah, Alexandria. Um, yep. <clears throat> and I couldn't do it today because it was that day because it was on Saturday because it was busy. So I had to go a different way around. And then I'm mm-hmm. coming up to the ramp and the ramp's on the left-hand side and normally I come straight onto the ramp. And then this woman just cuts straight in front of me she doesn't wait on the right-hand side. Mm-hmm. So then I wait for her. She decides she doesn't want to go then. She wants to wait for me. She's getting annoyed. So then I go and I'm on the wrong angle, the wrong entry angle. And then mm-hmm. I hear it. And there goes my left rear. So then I hit my rear on the gutter. Gosh. So then I was annoyed. And then <laughs> it's a comedy error. Do you want to hear more? And then I, got, then I went back onto the main road, whatever that road yep. is. Or not a read in the other one. Yep. Not a, that road that's... Uh, you know, Waterloo way. I stop the car where I can stop, get out, and I rub my finger along the ridge of the wheel. Yeah. Because I wasn't thinking, because I was like annoyed. And I rub my finger, Steve, and then there's a big chunk of metal, and then I slice my finger so badly that (laughs) the light starts pouring out. And it's like, this is why I don't do DIY. This is why. (laughs) Um, But anyway, I I eventually got got it done. Um, It it literally has two Allen keys. If anyone's doing it, the inner door seals has two Allen keys. They're deep in. The one, one of them you cannot access because you need a long. I don't know how you access yours, Steve. Without taking the seat out, you cannot access it on my car. I think it maybe the um, mounting points, the seat rail might be different on my car because I've got the um, buckets. Yeah, and I think Rich. So it might was, be that. I think it might be Richard Carrera. Lucia said the same thing. I think he did yep. something. I think he said the same thing. But basically, I I put it in the one I could get by pushing the seat back. And then yep. I found it. I could I, when when I eventually found it with a five mil, I could I could find it. Yep. It wasn't easy to get it, but I found it. So I did that one. Yep. And then yep. they say do not remove without releasing both slightly, otherwise you'll damage the seal. And I thought I yep. can't do this anymore. I just got the trim tool and I pushed it up and I pulled it up. Yep. Yep. Luckily, the second Allen key didn't seem to be as tight. Like it seems like it was changed before. And maybe when they changed yep. my switch gear out. When I've got the car, when the switch gear was broken, I oh, think that right. Order House may not have tightened it up completely as well. Um, yeah. So I just did the same. I just almost did it all the way up, managed to slip the plastic in so it was tight enough, and then just tightened yeah. up the one Allen key. So now it's in. Yeah, it looks fantastic. Cool. It looks really good. The looks leather good. seals, they do yeah, look good, right? they're fantastic. Tasha likes them. They look. It makes it. A, honestly, Steve, you're right. That that difference in the car. I know it's when you open the door, but you see it when you're in the car. Makes a huge difference. It's really really good. Don't scuff it, mate. <laughs> and I've already scuffed it yesterday slightly, but it came off quite straight away. I got the leather cleaner on it last night. You could always do the um, leather coating thing. I'm on a coating binge at the moment. Yeah. I can't imagine how leather coating works. <laughs> but I don't know about coatings. Um, yeah. Did we talk about your wheel coatings? We should come up back to that. I don't think we spoke about it. Um, well, let's circle back a bit. Um, let me just little... let me just tell let me just do the intro stuff and let's just get the let's just get this covered. Um, 
Porsche Cool Patreon. There's I mean, no twenty nine minutes worth of yeah, intro. There's no new members yet, so we won't um we won't talk about that. But if you want to support Porsche Cooled, uh, you just go to patreon.com slash Porsche Cooled and it helps us keep talking. Um, reviews this week. We had one review, Steve. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, that's a funny one. Um, genuine Porsche talk from a genuine guy. I think they're talking about me. Natural Porsche talk. Yeah, it must be you. <laughs> Natural Porsche talk <laughs> from a Porsche enthusiast. Very easy to listen to and very informative. Steve is a great add-in and supporting guest. I think he's having a joke because you always say you're a guest and I always say you're a host, Steve. No, I'm um, a guest. <laughs> so that's from Nice Guy Alex in Australia. Thank you, Alex. Much appreciated. Oh, he is nice. What else? Oh, owner stories. Let me just talk about owner stories because last night, uh, it's Tuesday here in Sydney, even though it's Friday's episode. Last night I edited owner stories. I left it really late because I had to get it up at a certain time. And that was Matthew. Um, So you would have, uh, hopefully you guys have listened to it already. If you haven't, go to to the episode and have a listen. It's owner stories number, what is it, Steve? Number 59. 59. Oh, yep. Number 59, so that's Matthew from London. I had a good chat with Matthew. We spoke um, just before I left London. I did a few owner stories and we had a good chat. Um, we didn't talk about watches in the episode, and Matthew's a real uh, watch guy, which I didn't realize, and I should have asked him before we ended, but we're already up to an hour and a half, so I didn't actually get to ask him. But we had a good chat after recording about his watches. Um, mm-hmm. So he's, uh, he's into watches as well. I won't say which ones, but he's into watches. I like Matthew's story because it shows you, and I think he said it, it's like a progression, Steve. Like he made that progression... It's like, you know, you start off, you don't have a lot of money, you want to get somewhere, you know where you want to be, and then you get there and it's that, I think it's that gratification when you get there that you have a Porsche, do you know what I mean? Or you have the car you want. And I think his story reflects that really, really well. And even though he lived in London and central London and the car's being parked on the street and one car, someone stuck a mop up his muffler and after he's exhausted and, you know, like these things. That, <laughs> wow. But, you know, having lived in the inner city, you, you know these things happen, Steve, right? You know that there's stupid uh-huh. people out there. But uh-huh. without, like I say, without giving too much away, I'll just do this briefly. But Matthew's had, his first car was a, I mean, he started off with a, a Ford car or KA as he called it. Um, I remember those, those little Fords. Yep. Um, then he wanted a Boxster. He couldn't get. He couldn't afford a Boxster, Steve. So he got an MGF, which is like mid-engined, you know, convert soft top experience to get the Boxster experience. Obviously, eventually he he went into a Boxster. Uh, he got a, a what was it? A ninety nine two point five Boxster nine eight six. Yep. Then he moved into another nine. He, then he moved into his first nine eleven, which was a nine nine six point one ninety eight model. So first gen um, nine eleven three point four. Then yep. he bought a, a nine nine seven point one. Carrera, same as mine, 06, same model year, pretty much the same sort of options as well, I think. Yep. And then he sold that one, which he kind of regrets, he said. He did regret selling it, but I think he thought at the time he was losing his job, so he, he decided to give it away. Um, and then mm-hmm. he got a job straight away, so he didn't really have to sell it. He sent mm-hmm. me a <clears> – and Matthew, I know you're listening, so hello. Um, I, I, and he sent me a couple of messages earlier in the year, Steve, in January, saying whether he was debating whether to get back into a base or a 4S 997.1 or a turbo. Um, and mm-hmm. then in May, he said he put his deposit down on a base 997.1. I think he looked at the turbos and he looked at the mm-hmm. 4S, like he said. But I think it's like a lot of us, Steve. It's like you can afford the car. Maybe you can push it and afford the car. But can you afford to upkeep the car? And I guess Between that's... a cons- 4S and a base? Maintenance would be the same though, wouldn't it? You think it would? Yeah, not, not, not a huge difference. I know there's a four-wheel drive transmission, but... And the cost of... Brakes because they're bigger would be different, but I don't think 
overall the maintenance would be hugely, hugely kind of... I thought you told different. me when you asked Grant about this years ago when we were talking about 4Ss and turbos, you said that he said they're a lot more expensive to Oh, maintain. you're talking between a turbo... Yes, sorry. Yeah, a turbo is obviously a lot more. I thought you meant between a base and a 4S. But a turbo is, right? Because he really wanted a turbo. Yeah, a turbo is going to cost more. Yeah, and also manual turbos are just ridiculous prices now. I think there's one in yeah, Sydney yeah, for... Yeah. Is it 280000 I think I saw one. I don't know. Yeah. But anyway, Matthew's got a good story, so go and check that out and, and go over to his Instagram. His Instagram is at midnight.997, at midnight.997, because his 997 is midnight blue. He had the wheels customized. He's got the yellow calipers, which I think look really cool. Um, so yep. go over and uh, check out Matthew's Instagram and, and say hello and tell him you heard his story on Porsche Cooled. And you know what? Matthew's been uh, Matthew's listened to all the episodes. He's listened to every episode of the podcast. And he's also, you know, he came across my YouTube a few years ago, so he's been following for a while. So... Really good, uh, really good to have that uh, that support. Matthew, at what point have we gone downhill? <laughs> is, it, is it since I've joined? <laughs> we haven't gone downhill. And I just want to do that following the recap of my service, Steve. Um, yep. You asked me about the extra spoiler bit. So everyone will know yep. that uh, <clears throat> I got the extra spoiler bit on the bumper that I've been talking about. Um, Pierre sourced it. It wasn't that expensive. I think it was a hundred and hundred odd dollars or something. I can't remember. Um, it can is quite low. It? it is quite low. Yes, you can see it. You can see it. So when you look at the car from directly standing in front, if you're standing up, not crouching, no, you have down, to bend you? your head down. Okay. But as uh, as Pierre said, it just clips in. He said, "Beware, it just clips yep. in." So it could, you know, if you knock it, it might come off. So I'm guessing that's what happens to them. You know, they get yeah. knocked off. I guess it's a bit like your front black uh, thing that you have on yours too that gets knocked off if you oh, hit the gutter. Oh, that'd be way worse. But um, Leo, I was just curious whether or not once you kind of. I know the driveway at your place um, is very scrape-worthy. I used to scrape my car every single time, pretty much. So well, I wondered whether or not you'd catch it. it. Something's catching because I still haven't managed to get out of there without hearing a scrape. I'm thinking it's those two little guards that are just near the before the uh, in front of the front wheel. You know what I mean? Those two little yep, guards on yep. the 997 that come down. I'm thinking that's yep. what the noise is. I'm hoping that's what the noise is. I haven't looked underneath. So, But anyway, it's done. I mean, it comes standard with it. It wasn't an option. It actually comes standard. It's in the parts diagram. Yeah. I think it's a standard part. If you don't know what I'm talking about, just have a look at the parts diagram. It's number 17 on that on that page. I posted it on Instagram yesterday. It's probably still up there. All in all, though, Steve, with Order House, as you know, everything was okay, just to give the listeners mm-hmm. an update. The only other items that showed up were my front under tray is cracked. Everyone's I don't know whether I should. Is, cracked. is it? I don't know whether I should replace that. I'm tempted to replace it. They said the same thing about my car. Um, admittedly, I know my car had been taken to a track and all of that sort of stuff. Um, like, I don't know. What difference does it make? When, you don't want to do it. When's the next time you're gonna? Uh, no, not really. <laughs> I've left it this long. I sort of thought like you. I was like, oh, when they pointed it out, I was like, oh, probably be nice to kind of tidy it up and stuff like that. I mean, things. Things like the brake cooling ducts and stuff like that, I would go to the trouble of making sure that they're intact and things like that. But if it literally is just like one of the, I know like the design of it is to kind of keep the aerodynamics flat and all of that kind of thing, but I think a crack in it isn't going to mess it up. And like for the sake of a few hundred dollars, do I really care that much? Um, No, I'm a tight ass. The front under tray. Australian dollars to be replaced on the 997 is 460 at Order House. Yeah, see, like too expensive for what it is. I might do it. Um, and then I've got a bit of clutch shutter, clutch, clutch shutter, uh, which I knew yep. of. But you know what? Yesterday when the car warms up, um, yep. I didn't get back to the drive. The car was fantastic yesterday. 
by the way. Yeah. I can, and I'm not, this is not just because I haven't driven it in a long time, Steve. It is yeah. so much better. The feel of the front brakes with the new rotors, they must have been worse than what I thought. I mean, I know he said one was bad. The feel of the front brakes, you know, especially when I had, I had to stop suddenly once yesterday, the feel of the front brakes, the... Yeah. Um, the feel of the the feel of the off. short shifter, right? And I was trying to think about this whether it's because I haven't driven the car enough, but it's not. Everything gearbox mount. Everything feels tight, mate. It all feels very. I was saying to Tasha, it feels tight, like the new engine mounts and the new transmission mounts, and then the refreshed front suspension with the bump stops and the new rubber. Yeah. It really does feel so much better, so no, much cool. better. Um, so so well, money well spent. Yeah, yeah, that's good. I mean, I thought that um, I was pretty, pretty like adamant that um, at least it's one of those, like I said in last week's conversation, that um, you should be able to feel the difference. Those sorts of things would have tightened the whole thing up. Um, so, you know, like maybe, for example, you're a short shifter, you probably could notice the difference better because if they've changed the um, transmission or the gearbox mount, yeah, then you probably can feel the tightness in it a little bit better. 100% better. That's good. Like it really does. Yeah. I really can just tell it straight away. As soon as I, even when I picked it up on Friday, I could feel it. But yesterday mm. I felt it more because I was on a bit of a twisty road and I was, you know, testing it a bit better. So it really, yeah. it really does make a big difference. What else, Steve? Do you want to, do you want to talk about, what do you want to talk about? I was just going to say when we were talking about coatings before, yes. I'll just, I'll follow on a little bit on um, like, that, you know, like I'd sort of spent forever and a day during lockdown um, working on my car, doing the paint correction, and then I coated it. Um, it's been a couple of months since I've kind of done it. Um, the couple of times that I've driven, gone for a good drive, mainly with Marco. Um, there's been the odd occasion where the roads have been wet or whatever, and I've got to say yes. it's complete bullshit that, um, that a ceramic coating, well, the ceramic coating doesn't really make it that much easier to wash the car, I have to say. And, like, I've discovered since I've done it for what it's worth, if anyone's kind of curious. Yes. I, th I think I still think it's psychological. I think it's because I spent so much time doing it. My car's sort of so shiny, just like, you know, you with your fresh bumper. And, again, that's why I sort of knew that um, you might be hesitant about um, heading out on Sunday morning. But... Um, it just takes so much longer to wash the car. Like, how long does oh, it take really? you to wash your car? Yeah. How, uh, how long I washed it when I, I've only washed it once since I got back, and it took me thirty minutes. Yeah, see, thirty minutes, right? I used to be able to wash my car, you know, relatively carefully, all that sort of stuff, in about 40, 45 minutes, I reckon. Um, it takes me two and a half hours to do it. Why so long? <laughs> yeah, literally two and a half hours. I'm not Why? exaggerating. Why? Why? Okay, I'll, I'll quickly step you through it. Yes. Uh, you get the pressure washer, you hose the car down, you try to get all the grit off. Then you get the foam cannon out, you foam it up. Then you get the pressure washer out, you rinse it. Then you, oh, if it's really dirty, you might spray a little bit of iron, whatever sort of decontamination -y spray thing. Then you hose that off again. Then you get your careful sponge and your bucket and you kind of, you know, do what is the contact wash, so what you would normally do. Then you kind of hose it off. Then you blow dry it <laughs> with a blow dryer right. type thing, right. which um, surprisingly takes forever. And then for me, like I kind of put a topper over um, the sort of cer ceramic coating. Um, 
And just everything takes that much longer because you're so much more conscious of it once you kind of do it. Right. Um, and, yeah, like I'm really tired and sweaty by the end of it, whereas before, like, you know, I could kind of probably wash the car in 45 and then if I was going to um, put a quick coat of wax or something, I could probably yeah. do that in about 20 minutes, I reckon. So, Well, I um, say 30 minutes though, Steve. Longer. But that's that's too long. I couldn't do that. It's way too long. Yeah. I wash my. That's when I when I wax and pol- when I wax my car, it takes about two yeah. to three hours, right? When I wash the car, okay. it's, I say thirty minutes in the wash bay, and then I take it back, and then I, you know, do the other bits. You tinker, yep. yeah, in the car park, and I do the other bits with the, you know, with the tires and the coatings and stuff like that. So I do all that afterwards. That's part of my wash routine. So it's probably like an yeah. hour. I'd say it's probably an hour. But that sort of time is like when I do a full like. I'm about to go overseas wax, you know what I mean, where I go crazy yeah, yeah, and wax yeah, yeah. the wheels and wax everything. So, um, Look, I'm sure I'm sure a big part of it is mindset because once you've coated your car, like I could wash it the way that I used to wash it. It's just because now I've become so self-conscious about it. Um, that's the actual kind of difference. It's not, you know, like you don't have to kind of necessarily do it that way. Yeah, and admittedly, yeah. Part of it is because, like, for example, on Sunday, um, we drove on wet roads. So, um, and, you know, sort of uh, roads that I'm assuming, like, kind of trucks have kind of gone across. So they're a bit muckier and stuff like that. So your car does get grimy. But yes. um, it's, yeah, it's definitely kind of more tedious, um, mm, I mm. found. So I don't know. Maybe maybe the coating thing. I think you made a mistake. May not be for you if you're <laughs> no, similar to not. me, where you kind of go. Well, just just because the maintenance does feel um, more difficult and just, sorry, in that mix too, like, you know, like you kind of do this coating on your car, blah, 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 and you sort of feel like the coating is more resilient and more durable and slicker and everything than, you know, like traditional wax or a sealant. Um, when you drive on a grimy road, you still have to kind of, you know, mm. get your sponge out mm. and rub sort of thing. So... Um, it's no more dirt resistant than, you know, like old school wax or anything like that. Right. Right. Yeah. Too much, too much work for me. Too much work for me. I'm, it looks bloody good. Don't like, do don't get me I'm wrong. sure it looks great. Like, I'm sure I'm going to look at your car and go, oh, yeah. you're going to make me do it. But I don't know. Yeah. Maybe I could pay someone to do it. I don't know. Every, and I think the problem is, I think the problem is that that car. process that you do, I think it's because you yes. shouldn't really be washing a car every week. I think it takes longer, but maybe you don't wash your car every week. You wash it every fortnight. You know, you like to wash yeah, your you car every week. Yeah, you don't have to. Yeah, that's It obviously problem. depends on your usage. Like if we were just driving like um, dry roads in the summertime and all of that sort of stuff, then no. Like it's just that, you know, like once you've kind of gone for that drive and it, it's gotten really grimy, which has just sort of happened the last couple of drives. It's like every single drive is like, oh, okay, wash it. Yep, yep. Um, and it's been painful. Okay, let me just let me just go into this question because this is something I wanted to ask you last week and I've already sort of prepped you on it a little bit. <clears throat> From the yeah. Porsche Cooled WhatsApp group, and I think last week I said Ajmal was a Ajmal at Flatcap was an admin. So is uh, really? Bernard at Adita 911. He's also an admin. If you want to join that group, I'm sure they'd be happy to welcome you in. Um, they're chatting all the time. I'm not there all the time, but I, right. I, I come in every now and again, but I've been a bit busy this week. Um, but Richard Carrera-licious, Rich asked you a question, Steve. Um, okay. Because I reached out and asked if there any questions. And sorry, Rich said, I was just going to suggest mm-hmm. too, like mm-hmm. given, you know, how like every week we're trying to prep, like what the hell we're going to talk about, is it, a, is it a good idea to welcome questions from 
Absolutely. That group? Absolutely. That but you would have to join <laughs> but you would have to join that WhatsApp group. Me? What? Yes. You'd have to join it as well if this question's been there because I, I can't um do it all myself, so I need you to join as well. So um <sighs> okay. Ajmal, Ajmal <laughs> Bernard, send Steve a WhatsApp. What's that response? Actually, you have to send it to me because no one knows his number. So I don't know how he works that out, Steve. How do you work that out? Okay. <laughs> no comment. Steve says no comment. So he's put his foot in it now. Um, anyway, Richard Carrera-Licious said, ask Steve if he misses his 993. He did have yes, one I before. Do. He did have one before the 997, right? Correct. There is such yep. a following and affection for the older air-cooled 911s. Are they worth giving up some of the extra space and conveniences you get in the newer models to get that air-cooled experience? I was actually surprised someone like Nick Murray went from a 901.2 C4S and is raving about it all the time now into a 993 cab and loving it so much that he doesn't even want a newer 911. Can I just say about the Nick Murray thing is though, I remember when Nick Murray bought that car, he said he paid 20,000 US dollars for it, which I think that would yep. be a reason as well for loving that car because you just sold your, what is it? hundred odd thousand US dollar um, C4S and you've got a $20,000 alternative, which is fun as well, but it's also maybe that's part of the reasoning where he just... He doesn't come across as someone that looks after his cars that well. He likes to slide yeah, them in the snow and all say. those sort of things. So maybe that for him makes sense. But I think it is that thing about not worrying about your car so much. Look at Steve. He's ceramic coated. He's paint corrected. And you almost get too scared to drive your car. Um, look at me no, with my bumper. I'm driving my bumper. It. But you're driving it, yeah. Steve, what's the yeah, answer? No, I'm driving it. It's just, I'm just saying that um, the maintenance is harder. Um, yeah, good question from Richard. Difference, yeah, it is a good question. Um Maybe though, like with Nick Murray's 993, to be fair, like it's not the best example of it though, isn't like it was pretty ratty in places and I don't know how like much he's kind of spent to kind of get it up to spec and everyone's version of spec is kind of different as well. So that's True. kind of hard. <clears throat> True. Um, the answer to that question is ideally you've got both, I think, um, having kind of crossed that bridge, like if I could, I would still have something to kind of go with my car because they literally are different. Um, but I definitely miss my 993 because that is and was an amazing kind of car. They are sort of different um, sort of experiences and I definitely wish I could still have that car. Um, but I just obviously can't afford to kind of drive, drive both. So I know that's sort of sitting on the fence. Like I guess the question wasn't necessarily... Um, choose between the two. Um, I think if I had to choose between the two, actually, I'd still stick with my GT3. Okay, well, that's a good point. Um, sorry, so, yeah, the answer to that is there is, look, they're different enough and the it's not so much the practicality, I don't think. Oh, no, actually, that's a good point because I think we sort of talked a little while ago about the fact that a 997, like, has better air conditioning, um, you don't care about things like nav. You probably do care about things like, you know, the um, how good the headlights and stuff like that are. Um, I feel like um, the 997 is sort of more reliable as well compared to an old kind of air-cooled where I think the truth of that is that you do actually have to kind of sink reasonable kind of money into, like, you know, those sorts of cars. Like, again, it depends on how... Um, fussy you are but like i was pouring reasonable like pretty reasonable sort of money into uh, my 993 and i did into my 964 to kind of keep them um to my kind of standards where uh, i don't know like now that um 
I'm assuming that that's still quite, quite an expensive kind of exercise. But sorry, I'm rambling a little bit. The biggest, most defining thing about it, I feel, is that like the 993 at that point in time when I sold it, which was what, almost not not 10 years ago, eight years ago or something, um, yep. felt slow. Felt for slow. Sure, so that was the reason. Yeah. <clears throat> for sure, like you get like tons of, and I know this is going to segue into um, yep. something else that we'll kind of talk about, but um for sure, it sounds awesome. It handles brilliantly. Like, you know, you don't have to kind of be going like 100K down a suburban road to kind of fit for it to kind of feel something. Like it's a brilliant car in terms of the actual um, sort of visceral kind of experience. But there is a point where you start to kind of realise that, you know, like a bog standard Golf GTI or, you know, like some of the other cars around you can literally kind of, you know, um, I'm not sort of saying that you're racing everybody, so I don't quite know how to articulate but is it. it but is it – so it's about mm. this thing that we're going to talk about, right? We're going to just touch yeah. on briefly um, yeah, because sure. we're getting you know, we're, we're getting in on time here. But and I'm waffling. Fast cars, fast cars not needed, you know what I mean? You read some yep. – there was a thread on a couple of sites about fast car not needed or fast Porsche yep. not needed, right? Yep. And I think what you just said then, it's like you found the 993 too slow, right? So it's not about – top speed either it's not about doing no, top no, speed no. is it it's about that yeah. acceleration right and also yep. i just want to make the point you know yesterday i said to you know we're in the car and, and i was saying to natasha my wife you know the, the fact is with my career i'm saying it's fast enough yep. and but then you know natasha said that you know it's it's but it's the way that steve's car feels you know what i mean it's the way your car is planted on the road it's the way it feels yeah. in a corner it's the way the whole feel of the car is different and i think that's and it's not it. Yeah, and it's not yeah. the reason why you go to a GT3 or a GT3 RS for the not necessarily for that top speed experience. It's you go to no, it because, because of the other side of it, the engineering, the not race car feel. I don't want to th- say it's like a, that sort of feel, but it's what is it, Steve? What is that thing? You know, it's well. The, if you were chasing that, then obviously these days you'd go to an EV and basically, you know, like you're kind point. of wasting everybody on the on the street, and you've got yep, like instant point. torque and all of that sort of stuff. I've never driven one, but um, it's very obvious that that's the way that it works. I'm not talking about straight line speed. I'm not necessarily talking like you do want some sort of acceleration kind of thing, but. Um, it just did kind of feel like the 993 was just lacking in a little bit of kind of pickup and stuff like that, where you could just kind of feel that, you know, you couldn't overtake any kind of car on a whim. I'm talking sort of like um, on um, in sort of street driving kind of thing. Um, so like, I think if I was sort of chasing you down a road, like the old Pacific Highway in your 997 versus, and I was in my 993, yep. I probably would sort of struggle to kind of, you know, kind of keep up. I'd, I'd probably feel like I was sort of always lagging behind. Right, right. Um, and uh, not that, again, it doesn't matter that I'm sort of lagging behind, but it doesn't, doesn't it got to a point where it didn't necessarily feel um, that quick, right? No. And if I kind of wind back, like you sort of feel like it's a great car, like you're kind of going at speed, blah, 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 and then you go into something, you you you, you jump into something quicker and it kind of crystallizes that it's actually not that fast. Okay. But do you miss do you miss the smell no. of the 993? Do you miss those smells? Because the 993 has a very particular smell. I remember your yeah. car, I remember getting driven to the station with Autohouse in a 993 tip. It has that smell, that 
you smell the petrol more in a 993. You smell the leather more. You smell everything more. Do you miss that yeah. in the GT3 or the other things make it make the GT still better? You know what I mean? Like the other, the vibrations, um, the, the quick I, shift, all those sort of things. As much as I love the sound of my GT3, I do still miss the sound of an air-cooled engine. Um, right. The 964 actually sounded better than the 993. Um, okay. There's definitely smell missing, but like, so... Like, it's just that um, it doesn't matter which way you kind of look at it. Like, to me, the old air-cooled cars are massively fun. They're massively kind of interesting from an oral, audio, whatever point of view and driving and smells. Um, I definitely do kind of miss the smell of that as well. But um, compared to, say, like my GT3 now, it does feel slow and it doesn't feel as sharp and all of that sort of stuff. And to me, I know you sort of said this to me once, which was on the podcast where you kind of went, oh, you're more performance-oriented in my taste. And it's like, yeah, for sure I am. But I would have thought that most Porsche drivers would be. Isn't that part of the reason? Like in of its, of its time, a Porsche has always sort of been like a performance-oriented sort of car compared to like every other kind of car. Um, well, we... So my point... Mm, go ahead, sorry. My point being that um, I guess it kind of got to a point maybe where it sort of felt like the um, 993 was um, uh, a tiny bit lacking, I suppose, and because I kind of jumped in, I made the mistake of jumping into a GT3 and realising what it was sort of lacking, therefore I wanted to kind of what I felt like um, was sort of move up to it. Yeah. Um, So I'm not in any way rubbishing a 993 because I'd love to have one, same with the 964 or anything kind of air-cooled, I'm pretty sure, like, I would enjoy it to bits. Yeah. But I think it's just that when you kind of go for the drive, like the one that Mark and I just did on Sunday or whatever else. Rub it in. Um, you, still, you still aren't quite as, you're not kind of going maybe, it's not, quickly is not the right word, but um, I, I suspect that, the older air calls compared to my 997 GT3 is still missing that. And that's the bit that now that I've kind of done it, I would feel like if I had to choose one car and if I was in a 993, um, I would still be kind of going, oh, I wish it was kind of, you know, a little bit more direct. I think I wish it was a little bit more planted. I feel like I wish it was kind of like a little bit quicker or it was a bit zingier after four and a half thousand revs and all of that sort of stuff. Um, so you come so back I'd, to that you come back to that two car experience thing, don't you? That two car garage thing again. Sort of keeps coming back around. Like you still want you still like the idea of a nine nine three, but you wouldn't give up a GT three yeah. for it. But if you had a nine nine three in your garage against the GT three, then it's almost like the perfect combo. You know what I mean? Like it'd be so a different, yeah, it'd be a different occasion. Different yeah. different thing, yeah. But it's yeah. it's interesting and I'm gonna read out what um and and like I said, Rich's question from Carrera Licious, Rich has been on owner stories, was off the Portugal WhatsApp group. Yeah. Um, and Todd from Stone City Outlaw, you know, I thought what he said, and I read it to you before, I'm just going to read it for the listeners. And I, Todd, I yeah, hope sure. you don't mind me reading this out. He says, you know, Rich just made a good question. It's worth giving up the extra space and conveniences. He says, and my answer, hell yes. There's always been the air-cooled versus water-cooled debate and which is better and why. I can appreciate both, but I prefer yeah. the air-cooled. Why? Because it's experience. When driving in an air-cooled, in my opinion, you get more of the driving feel, the roads, the smells, the noises. He says, I feel you lose all that in newer cars. And I think that's, that's pretty spot on, right? That is pretty spot on. 
Um, uh, but like you said, maybe. it's like what what are the benefits? You know, there's benefits of a GT3, which I think you just said. The benefits of a GT3 or a GT3 RS or a GT2 or even a Carrera, even a Carrera GTS. The benefits of those cars over an air cooled, you know, that every, everything has its traits why we yes. like it. Do you know what I mean, Steve? And they're all Porsches. And I think what the problem is with with us guys, with us Porsche guys, because we we talk about this so often, is we really, you know, we drill down right into the nuances of, of everything that's going on. And I think what you said before is a Porsche is a sports car. Most people think yep. a Porsche is fast. People don't say, oh, that one's slower than that one. People just think yep. Porsches are fast. Correct? Yep. Yeah. And look, I think that's been reframed, reframed by McLarens and EVs and all that sort of stuff. So it's not not talking about it in that world. But I think, yeah, maybe maybe my perspective and the kind of rambling that I just did um, is that you have to keep in mind, it's going to sound so wanky, but I'm talking about a GT3 versus a 993, not like a, I, I wouldn't have made the leap from a, my 993 to a 997S. Like I test drove one with a mate and stuff like that and I didn't think that much of it. Um, you know, compared to my work with 993, it took for me to kind of go to a GT3 to kind of, in my yeah. world, kind of get best of both worlds, which was character plus performance. Um, and even then, like, the character of my GT3 is sort of different to the 993 and possibly not as character full, but it still has that, whereas yeah. I think I would find, you know, like a standard, like a GTS or a Carrera S or whatever, um, it like no offense, but I reckon it'll bore bore the hell out of me, sort of thing. So, well, you know, I know you laughed at me before when I said this, <clears throat> but I did oh. open up the engine bay of my nine nine seven yesterday, and oh. or the day before, and showed Tasha the new shiny engine mounts that you can now see, which are like all shiny uh-huh. still, not sort of tarnished. Uh-huh. And I still like, and I know that you don't see a lot of it, but I still like how you can open the nine nine seven and you can see the engine. You know, I do like that. Um, uh-huh. I don't know, little things, little things. Yep. Yep. And obviously air cools you see a lot more. I can't even remember what you see in an air cool, but obviously you see a lot more, right? Well, you don't. The thing about like, uh, and I'm not a mechanic or I'm not even mechanically minded, but you're not really looking at much of an engine when you open up the, the lid of a uh, 911. Like you're seeing the intake at the top and that's it. You see and the intake, yeah. In a, I guess in an air-cooled car, like it's kind of cool looking at the, um, the big fan out the back. Um, yeah. Um, but, you know... Um, I don't really know how to kind of look at an engine and actually kind of appreciate it unless I'm looking at, um, what are they called? You know, like in a singer, the, the intakes with the kind of nice little mesh. Mm, 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 yeah. That, that sort of thing looks cool to me, but look, I, and I'm showing, I feel like a bit of an idiot because I don't actually know how to describe it sort of thing. But yeah, I, because I'm not mechanically minded, I don't really have that sort of um, kind of thing happening. But, you know, you don't, you don't always push your GT3 to the limit. You know what I mean, but it's the no, other. Really. It's all the. Yeah. It's all those special characteristics of the GT3 that make the whole experience better than the 993, right? That's what it is. It's all yeah. those little things added together, and it's not necessarily because you can, you know, you can do 200 miles an hour or whatever you can do, or the 0 to 60. It's, well, I guess, it is a bit the acceleration. It's, yeah. it's nice to have acceleration when you put your foot down. Um, and you know, I noticed mm-hmm. that in my car yesterday, only yeah. because I've been driving, you know, MG SUVs and and. Mercs that haven't been serviced in 10 years and, uh, you know, old Audi Q7s. So I noticed the difference. You know what I mean? Big yeah, time. and it feels quick, right? feels which very quick. feels very low. Feels quick. You still feel like you're sitting on the road, which I'm still not used to. Um, the yeah. ride feels a lot harder. Natasha noticed that with the ride, that it wasn't as comfortable. 
obviously is yep. what we've been driving in. But that's the Porsche, and I guess that's the experience, um, and that's what we like about it. It feels, but see, the thing about it, it feels quick relative because you've been sort of driving like MG SUVs and all that <laughs> yeah, sort of no. thing. The problem, give it a month. I think the problem, yeah, and that's the thing. The problem with it is that for all of us, it doesn't matter whether you're in like a 993, a 997 Carrera, GT3, or a Turbo or whatever. The problem with it is that once it's yours and you drive it, and if you drive it regularly, you become accustomed to um, the power and the pace yeah. of it. Yeah. And then when you jump into something quicker, you go, oh, shit. <laughs> you yeah. know, like this thing that I'm driving feels slow now. So, well, um, and I think, again, that going back to when I made the switch from uh, 993 to 997, like um, it did feel like that. I guess maybe because I was driving my mum's C63 at the same time and all of that sort of stuff. And it's like, yeah, yeah. the 993 does feel you know, bit sort of sluggish comparatively. I still and, enjoyed the hell out of it and I miss the hell out of it too. Um, yeah, but but Steve, in, you know, let's put it into perspective, your 993 wasn't a stock standard 993. You'd done a lot of work on it. So you'd yes. actually tweaked it to make it even better and faster and, and yeah, yeah, yeah. handle and better. Sharper you know what I mean? And, yeah. and you pushed yeah. it, and I think this is a good point, right? You pushed it almost to the point where you knew that was pretty much it, right? As far as you wanted to go. Sort so. Of. Yeah, sort, sort of, of as far as you wanted to go. So you'd rather just trade it up and get, you know, your GT3, which you planned very well. You sold it, you know, months in advance, did without a Porsche for a while and then found the right car. Um, yeah. So all that side of it, I think you you did well and you haven't looked back. And like you said, if you were looking for a second 911 today, you wouldn't look for a 991 or a 992, would you? You'd look no, for a, no, you, go, you go to a 993 or a 964, 993 for you, I'd say. Yeah. Between, the, I think I'd be sort of choosing between the two. Look, I've never driven, oh, no, it's not true. I have driven my uncle's, whatever it was, 86, 87 Carrera, um, but not enough of it to kind of get a real feel. And I think I was too young to sort of really appreciate yeah. it. Um, but, yeah, I, if I was adding something, I'm pretty sure I'd be in air-cooled territory or I would be in spider-ish territory i've been ruthless territory i think yeah so where are we at i don't know summarize i don't know um uh, do you yeah, need, sorry, a, do you need I... a fast porsche do you need the fastest porsche well you don't need it to go super fast but it's the other things that come along with it isn't it it's the other experiences that come along with it i guess and like you said steve your point and we we sort of touched on this mm. briefly this ev thing this electric car situation where everyone's got you know north to 100 in or north to 60 or whatever it is in in couple of seconds or whatever it is three seconds yeah it's all getting very yep. crazy so in perspective you know porsches are not as fast as they used to be obviously the experience of an electric car is not even doesn't even touch a, a 911 or a porsche um yeah. but our cars are these electric cars it's just a problem and that jeffro uh Boving, bovington article you sent me from evo you yeah. know um you know he's that article about our cars coming too fast for the road and i know he's talking about mclarens and stuff like that but then, you know, the scary part, as he said, the scary part with the rapid pace of EV tech and the race to a 1,000 horsepower everyday saloons and SUVs, this problem is only going yep. to get bigger, heavier, and even more, ever more out of control. And I think that's a really good point. You know, you're giving supercar power to mums and dads. Yeah, and I don't know. Like, de So definitely the kind of cars sound like they're too powerful for people in terms of, like, just general population reaction times and all of that sort of stuff. Actually, there was a, somebody posted a video of, um, I think it was an EV driving in um, one of the Arab countries. Did you see right. that? No. 
Oh, it was driven, it was in the, sorry, it was from the point of view, it must have been a Porsche because I, I think I got it served up on Instagram and then an EV goes flying past. It was a Tesla or something like that. Right. And then it was, I couldn't even tell. It was like a horse or a camel stepped onto the road into the path of the oh, EV. Oh, really? Probably a camel. It was Probably a camel. disgusting. Like, oh, I didn't see yeah. that. Yeah. I don't, I, I can't recall seeing any, I don't think there's any electric cars in Bahrain. Um, mm-hmm. And I guess that's to do with the, you know, the oil producing. And I guess it's yep. to do with, I always thought it was to do with the heat, the batteries in um Okay. Yep. In in the Middle East climate, um, yep. I did hear the story uh, from my friend in Bahrain, and I think I might misquote this, but there's a person yep. in Bahrain that has a lot of supercars, and I've mentioned this before. He has the GT1 special edition one as well, and he has Paganis and Bugattis. He has yep. heaps of supercars, and apparently he has issues with a lot of his cars due to the temperature in Bahrain and due to the um, due to the heat, due to the dust, etc. Um, mm-hmm. where the companies, I think, work with him and, and try to, like, make sure his cars run okay because he actually has issues. He's a huge, he has yeah, a lot, okay. huge, huge collection. And I right. think EVs will be an issue in, in the Middle East. I, I just don't see how they're working. And I can't, and I could be wrong, and someone from Bahrain might be able to uh, correct me or someone else from one of the Gulf states. Um, mm-hmm. But I can't remember call seeing Teslas or anything in, in the Middle East as yet. Um, yeah, right, okay. So I think that's that's a point. I mean... Yes, I, I guess it's inevitable. It's inevitable that electric cars are going to happen. I mean, Spike Hall keeps on harping on about it that he's into them and whatever. But hmm. you know, and they have a purpose, and they have a purpose as I guess as a family sort of everyday car. Um, I guess if you get into a, a Porsche when they do a supercar and it's EV, I'm sure it'll be fantastic. I mean, that mission, you know, that mission R, Steve, those images that you sent yep. me, that new link. I mean, the images of it are pretty. Fantastic. I mean, it looks pretty good inside. The whole styling of it. I I actually quite like it. Um, yeah. Look, but I don't know what's going to happen on the road. You know, everyone's got this unlimited power. They've, everyone's got this power and self driving, and you know, I don't know. I I think there's still you know, Porsches and stuff like that are not going to disappear. There's still going to be fuel, as they say. There's still going to be fuel to use. It's still going to be happening. It, they're definitely not going to disappear. It's just that we're, we obviously live in a time where things are literally kind of changing and whether we like it or not, it's going to happen. Yes. It's just when is it going to happen for us as kind of like older enthusiasts? And we're not even that old, but we are like, you know, kind of getting along a bit. Um, well, like, electric 911 will be the test, right? When the electric 911 comes out or the hybrid of 911 i don't think it's going to be hybrid it's going to be full electric right when the electric 911 comes uh, out maybe. when it don't comes know. out though what are we going to think of it i'm sure we're all going to hate it at first and then we're going to love it porsche has that way yeah, of getting and to I know us. you've driven you've driven a tesla i've not actually driven one i've been in no, i haven't even been in one um the acceleration so is, like, cra- is crazy though i find the sound in a tesla is very weird I, that sound that you get that humming jet engine type I know people with Teslas will know what I'm talking about but I find it very weird I'd rather have the fake sound pumped in like on the Porsche where you get the Porsche sound on Porsches yeah I told you that in yeah. London right a car went past me a Taycan and I could hear it I'm thinking yeah. oh it's a Panamera and then it was like oh it's a Taycan oh it's got sound yeah. so the sound I always thought that that sports sound was only inside the car it's also outside the car no isn't that for to sort of help with pedestrians as safety well? and pedestrians right they, is that yeah. a safety thing they have to um they have to have on electrics now i don't don't, it's not mandatory is it because like even when i take walter for a walk in the mornings around where i live 
for whatever reason, there's quite a few Teslas around here kind of going up the main road. And you, you can actually hear the tyre noise, like if you're a pedestrian, like you're walking yeah. along the road because you can't help you can't help that, like the bitumen and the tyres and everything. So you can, you can, you, you definitely can still hear it um, mm. kind of coming along. But I've got a couple of friends, like because I'm the sort of car enthusiast, like I've got some friends who are expecting a kid and they were talking about the fact that they might need to kind of, you know, get a new car. They're younger than us. Um, they might need to get a new car, um, you know, before the kid arrives because they're kind of just preparing everything. And because I'm making sweeping generalizations but because they're reasonable about younger they're probably a little bit more environmentally conscious so i think they automatically sort of said oh yeah look, they'll look into a tesla and it's like right. mm, yeah okay like i don't know enough about it particularly in sydney but you know i knew enough to kind of know that quality control on teslas isn't that great Shocking, yeah and me personally i just kind of go it's still such early days for that kind of technology like if if you literally kind of had to go and buy another car right now, um, you know, like uh, my wife and I did it a couple of years ago, we wound up in a McCann, but I suspect that we're just tipping into that point where if you have to go and buy a new sort of car, that's not a sports car for, you know, yourself, like a selfish car, but it needs to hold a more practical kind of purpose. We're just on that cusp where you kind of go, Oh shit. Like if I go and buy a new petrol car, it's going to be outdated but if I go and buy a new EV, am I kind of like buying the first generation iPhone where, you know, like it's also going to be outdated no. in two years, but I've had to spend, you know, like 150 plus wow. grand on it. So like, is it the wrong time to kind of get into an EV right now and infrastructure isn't right? But then so, Tesla doesn't really update their models that much. Look at the Tesla Model S. They've only just done an update now 10 years later or whatever it is with the Plaid. You know what I mean? They don't yeah. really, you know, a little tweak on the light here and there, but compared sure, to other manufacturers, sure, sure, sure. there's no update, Steve. So it almost stays the same. You know, the one thing I have noticed before we go is the yeah. amount of Tesla Model 3s in Sydney. I keep seeing them. Oh, I really? haven't been out that much and I've seen yeah. so many. Like I saw them in Sun Ives yesterday, obviously, but I've seen so many on the road. And I, and I think, you know, things are changing. And I think, you know, we're talking about EVs here and it's not about EVs, but... I think when that Model Y comes out, the one that's very popular in, in the US, it's not out in Australia yet. I think when that comes out, and, and because people say it's great and I know Spike's got one and whatever, but I think yep. that will take a lot of sales away from Macans and those sort of things. I really do think There's a lot of... And I can see why I Porsche am. wants to do an electric Macan because they have to, because that Model Y is going to eat into their oh, sales. they have to. It's going to eat into they their have sales. To. I mean, pretty much all the manufacturers that are getting into EVs are kind of going SUV version first. Yes. Um, which makes sense. So, yeah, it does make sense. I, I think it's just for me, it's like, oh, uh, surely battery technology is the thing that's kind of moving quickest. And, like, you know, if I go and spend like 200 grand on a whatever it is, a Tesla or a Taycan or whatever it is, yep. surely, like, in three years' time, like, what's going to happen to my 200 grand? Because, like, um, if. If they're like, like a phone manufacturer where. Has to be a lease, though, mate. Has to be a lease. Yeah, yeah, but when you kind of go like, uh, um, it's almost designed to be disposable. What's going to happen to your two hundred grand that you've launched into true, like an true. EV? You couldn't like, buy one outright, that's for sure. But yeah, I tell you what, so I don't know. Um, you know, I know a friend in London is looking at it. I won't mention it because this might be a surprise. But the mm. the Taycan Gran Turismo, um, is that what it's called? Taycan. Cool. That is so cool. 
That is so yes. cool. That is that is the one to get. If I if I could get one, if I was going to get one, it would be that. But I'd still yeah, have to GTS. have the nine eleven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I mean, let's just let's just let's just finish on that EV thing, right? Because we're not an mm. EV podcast. But let's just you know. And that article you sent me, you know, Spike keeps banging on about it. You know, Spike of mm. um, Spike's Car Radio. Will yeah. your next car be an EV? You know what I mean? This is the thing. Will your next car be an EV? I think for me, it couldn't be an EV unless I I'd still have to have a Porsche or something. I mean, oh, absolutely. If yeah. I had the money, obviously, I would look at, like I said, the Gran Turismo. What about you? Um, so, God's honest truth is that, like, our next, my next, as in family car purchase, like, I'll always have the GT3. Um, so, if the McCann kind of crapped out any time now, we had to kind of go again. I was actually saying this to my wife the other day. It's like, oh. I think we're just in that sort of funny time where you're right in the on the cusp of this kind of turnover, and I don't really know what you what what we do. Like, I don't think I think maybe we might maybe like if we we're doing it right now. I think I probably still would kind of go for like an old school internal combustion engine and get like a used M3 or C63 or you know like if. If my wife really wanted an SUV, then you'd be kind of looking at a McCann again or whatever. But, but I think you need bigger, mate. I think the McCann is a, is a little bit small. See, I, I don't know. I mean, I like it, right? But I always mm. remember sitting in the back seat of one, and I can't remember your back seat, but I'm sure it's the same. But I remember sitting them in You've Bahrain when I went to the Porsche, Porsche dealer, yeah. And they're yeah. small. They're small cars yeah. in the back seat. They are okay in the front. They're very comfortable, but the back is small. Wouldn't you want to go up to something bigger like a Cayenne or something? I hate driving big cars. <laughs> really? But yeah. you kind of need more room, don't you? You're saying you're going to go to a sedan, but isn't a sedan, you know, like, you may as well go for a Panamera then because a Panamera has a lot more room. Oh, I'd love a Panamera. I'd, I'd love a Panamera instead of um, driving the McCann as a sort of daily. And they're cheap at the moment, Panameras. You can get a reasonably new one for quite good money. Yeah, that'd be a great car. Um, the seats are beautiful too. Different. Sorry, yeah, yeah. But it is a sort of different conversation again sort of thing. So. But that's a big car as well. So it's not big cars you dislike, it's just big SUVs. Um, yeah. Because it's a know, huge car. I can't move away from the fact that I now have a family sort of thing. So, yes, I do need a car that's kind of si- uh, uh, sizable. Like I'm just – I've always driven sort of smaller kind of compact cars like hot hatches and stuff like that. I've never driven anything, you know – the the McCann's the biggest thing that I've ever owned and driven kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, like I, I get what you're sort of saying, like by rights, the next thing probably <laughs> kind of should be bigger, but I'm just so right. shit at parking. I'm going to run into something. <laughs> so, so yesterday, I'm going to change the subject. Mm. Yesterday I was driving back. Uh, I was just in Willoughby, almost yep. near Porsche in Willoughby, actually in Sydney. People from Sydney will yep. know what we're talking about. And I see yep. in front a silver 997 Carrera. I thought, yep. oh, there it is there. And I'm looking in the back of it going, why does it look so small? <laughs> you know what I mean? Same model as mine. And yep. it looked tiny. So then I eventually got past him and I'm looking in the revision mirror. And, and it's weird, like you said, that thing about seeing a car. And I think it's because yep. I haven't seen my car from a distance for a while driving. And I'm looking at it and thinking it really is starting to look a bit oh, classic. Right. You know, it's looking small. It looks quite, it's wide at the back, but then the front looks a bit narrow. It's... It was kind of weird seeing it, you know, in at the same level of 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 the nine nine seven, right? You're in a nine nine seven, you're looking yeah. at a nine nine seven, so you're at the right angle. Um, yeah, it looks tiny now. It looks it looks classic. It's starting to look really classic. That's for sure. 
You think so? Yeah. Yep. I don't know. Uh, was it like one of the comments that you read out in the um, WhatsApp group too? Like I don't, I don't know if I kind of really do think like a 997, is it as classic as, you know, like a 993 or whatever? I don't think it's kind of hit that point yet. Like, don't you think- to me, it would still be in the camp of it's it's far, far closer to like a modern day, like a 991-ish or two-ish than it is like the right. older the older ones in my in my book. Um, mm. I don't know. I think I think the nine nine one is dated quite quickly. <clears throat> I don't know what it is. The the uh, rear of the nine nine one lights. I find that the nine nine one seems to have dated quite quickly, and I don't know why. It just. I don't think it's held up in the rear as well as um, in the base career. I'm talking about as well as right. say the nine nine seven has. And oh, I don't know okay. why. I just I keep seeing like seeing them in London and seeing them here and. Seeing in the Middle East all the time, I just feel like it hasn't dated that well. I could I be wrong. Like it could it. be just that transition yeah. stage. Yeah, yeah, I quite like it. I'd sort of still find I still haven't seen that many nine nine twos, but um, I find the proportions of it like just it's kind of getting a bit kind of cartoonish sort of thing. Mm. Like it needs the massive wheels, and I'm not. I'm still not completely sold on the back end of it. But I don't mind the back end of the nine nine two now. At first, I yeah. didn't, but when you see it in real life properly and you're at the right level, I think it it has merit. It does actually have merit. I mean, it's completely different to what we're used to, of course, and like you said, it's a lot bigger. Um, yeah. I mean, I I do like the nine nine one. I like the interior of the nine nine one. How the how the console is more higher, and when you sit in the nine nine one, and I've said in a couple, how it feels yeah. like you're more planted down lower. It's just the shape of the console compared to the nine nine seven. Nine nine seven is still Probably a bit more old school. Yeah, yeah sits up kind of a bit higher. But apart but from then, that, um, like the difference when you kind of get into nine nine seven um, versus like a nine nine three or nine six four, where the trait, the trait for that was really like the dashboard in front of you, like from the steering wheel to the windscreen, was really really short, and it got longer in a nine nine seven, and the windscreen was really kind of upright. Oh, that right, was always right. like an old school nine eleven trait. Um, that sort of feels like it's kind of um, start to fall away as well. Maybe that's because of um, safety regulations and stuff like that as well. Though. Probably, probably. All right, mate. Let's call it. I think we've I think we've done the time. We've had a. I'll just tell the listeners. Steve and I have stopped this podcast on and off a few times. Um, yeah. <laughs> various Sorry. interruptions. My NBN. My. Uh, my internet my connection, came. my internet connection got installed today, and, and they told me they didn't need access to the, my uh, my house, my apartment, but they actually did. So we had to break. Did they sort it out? Yeah, it's all sorted. It's working. I just did the speed test on it. It's not bad. Not as good as London. <laughs> London's like yeah, right. London's like a, over a hundred and hundred and forty or something. Hundred then forty upload. Um, it's not like that here. This one is half. I just tested it. Then it's fifty and twenty actually, which is about what they said it would be. And during the day, yeah, right. which which sounds pretty good, fifty and twenty. It's not so bad. Yeah. So smoother podcast to come. I'm not on uh, 4G anymore. I'm off the 4G. Which the microphone's me, the right way around. Giving me issue. And my microphone's the right way around because I'm not jet lagged anymore. And I'm not going to damage my car anymore with stupid things that I go and try and fix and can't fix and whatever. So what's next? What's what, what's next for the no, no, your car? Replacement front under tray. Uh, <laughs> I didn't necessarily mean it like that. In the next few days? <laughs> the next few days, uh, tomorrow we've have you, got to stay at home Are you going to continue to try to um, fit like the other bits or have you literally given up? Or? I'm going to try to do the sunroof surround again because I think it needs it, right? Yep. Um, and 
the leather, I forgot when the leather comes from, even from Porsche, like with my console lid, I think on the console yep. lid, they actually said that you should put, you know, uh, nourish the leather when you get it. Like you should put stuff on it straight away. I remember this. Mm-hmm. Um, I did the side sills last night. I actually put some of the leather stuff on it, the um, English brand, whatever that's called that I have. Autoglim. Yep. Yeah, Autoglim. Yep. Um, and it looks better now. It matches in more. It looks a bit gray for sort of gray green, or I don't know. It looks a bit weird. Um, but I did notice, you know, the side handles on my 997, the door handles, yep. which are leather, which come leather. Shiny. They are so black and shiny, right? And then the other yep. part of the leather, which is the armrest, it's factory leather too. It com- looks like a completely different color. It looks like I've installed the leather grab handles, but that's how it came with the car because you're always touching it, the oil on your hands. It yeah. just goes really, really dark. And I clean them too, you know what I mean? Um, uh, my, hint, my hint for you because I went through that um, during lockdown, um, do the whole sort of follow whoever it is, Larry at Ammo or one of the yeah. esoteric guys or whatever, and use the right sort of cleaner with a brush. Like if you take to it with a like a sort of a soft brush and you kind of scrub away it and then you wipe it down, all of that oil shit kind of comes out and uh, you get I did the same thing that. and I got I got everything back to sort of like a lot more matte rather than shiny. Yeah, the the grab handles like, are shiny black. Yeah. Mine was like that on the, the top of the dash and everything and I had a kind of little crack at it. Oh, and cool. I got it to sort of not quite so Looks like it was at one point smothered in armor roll, which obviously wasn't. But um, when people used to use armor roll on the dash, and then all yeah. the so all what, the residue goes onto your windscreen. Sorry. So after you, if you have a crack at the sunroof surround, have you got any other little bits left over, or was that it? No, I've only got that key surround, which doesn't fit. I don't know what I'm going to do with that. Oh, the speaker yeah. grill, I'm not fitting. I think it looks weird. The one that I got off the oh, really? records that you sent to me because it's because yeah. it looks different because when they put the leather like we, I said last week I think you miss all the holes yeah. I think it stands out too much on mine because my dash isn't leather um, so I'm selling that that's up on Gumtree I'm oh, really selling, I'm selling that yeah um, okay. why you want to buy yeah. it no where you going so I'm selling that um, there's no yeah. point keeping it I'll sell it and buy some buy another part maybe I'll buy a new um, if I sell that one then I'm going to buy the lights around from exclusive option which will actually fit. Um, instead yep. of the one from uh, the UK that doesn't fit. Um, and that's it. I've, yep. I've fitted everything then. That's it. Uh, I've just got the, sun, the sunroof around, yeah. Are you still going to go outer, outer door sills? The I'm not going to do the stainless steel. I've changed my mind. I think it, mm-hmm. it's too light. And that was decided... I was on the fence a little bit, and I really like it on Nick yep. in the UK's car, Nick from Motor Stories number one, because he's got a black 4S, yeah, and it looks fantastic yep. against the black. I had a couple yep. of photos online that I saw with the silver stainless steel seals on, on Arctic silver, Steve, and I thought it was okay. Then Order House had a car for sale recently, and it had the stainless steel seals on the silver, and it huh. was like more realistic photo. And yep. I looked at it, and I thought it looked a bit wishy-washy. Um, yep. So the only other option is one, carbon, or two, just replace it with new stock ones which are not so um faded oh just try um detailing yours then they'll be kind of i have tried detailing them and and they still don't come up that well they're a bit blotchy the passenger ones is a bit blotchy mine's a bit mm, you know it's it's got on and off the problem is though and i'll just we'll finish on this but uh i checked the price of the the standard black plastic with silver carrera insert um seals which are the factory ones that came with my car 
they were almost the same price from Design 911 as the stainless steel, which I thought was insane. I don't understand why. They were almost the same price. Yeah. Oh. Not my favorite bit of the car. It's the, yeah. they've always sort of been a bit sort of that's like one of the cheaper kind I know, of parts but if of the I, car. But the carbon would look the best, As in looking, right? Sorry. The carbon with the yeah. leather looks the best. But if I put carbon, I don't have any other carbon in the car. So then I'm down a slippery slope. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, that's one big slippery slope. Yeah, I know. So then that's scary. So I can't do that. So I don't know what to do. I'm just going to leave it for now. I'm just going to sit on it. Steve, let's yeah, call right. it. I was going to say something else yeah. and I've forgotten, but let's call it. Um, yep. Thanks, mate. Um, I know you're busy and I, I appreciate it today because I know you've yeah, got a lot of good, stuff going on. Good. We need to um, we need to actually catch up though. So. Yeah, we haven't caught up. Um, I haven't even been to see my brothers yet either, which is really bad. Yeah, and yeah. I've been back for a week and a half, so just just to put that into perspective too. Yeah, yeah no, no, I know. But I am going to do that hopefully after after this uh, something happens in our flat tomorrow. I've got to wait for the tradesman to come. So when that's done, maybe on Thursday I'll drive up to the coast. Cool. Yeah, but we should catch up if you're around on the weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, or beforehand. All good. All right, um, mate. Go do that drive. Yep. Thanks, mate. Cool. All right, everyone. Uh, that was Steve coming in from Sydney. My name is Michael Bath. Thanks for listening to the Porsche School podcast. And that's it. Bye for now.